0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles.
2: Coming up on NBA Today, the Lakers and Clippers' early season woes. They continued last night. How concerned should we be for both Los Angeles teams? Well, Big Perk, he has some big thoughts on that one. And sticking in the West, the reigning champs, they look poised for a repeat this season. But who is the biggest threat to their throne? We're going to make our picks. Plus, the 76ers, they made a statement last night against the Celtics. Have they proved that they are championship contenders? NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. He is NBA champion, Kendrick Perkins. He is our senior writer, Brian Windhorst.
1: Wendy! You want a title? I've never heard that before. I mean, you know, he, I try to, I try to stay key. humble about he's it. He's
2: low-key about it. His Celtics, they were in action last night. 14 games on the slate. They did not disappoint I me. Mean, we had a showdown right between the last two NBA champions, the top two teams in the East. They went toe-to-toe. Giannis was ejected. Victor was in the garden. But after Dylan Brooks' comments leading up to that matchup with the Lakers, we need to begin our show in Houston because all eyes were on LeBron James and Dylan Brooks. And I do mean all eyes on LeBron James. LeBron getting his warm-ups in. But Dylan Brooks, we had to put a clock on his hair <laughs> down here. Five seconds, six seconds, seven seconds. Presumably just lasers at LeBron James ahead of this matchup. And you know what, Brian? I don't know what Mojo Jojo was going on, but it paid off.
0: It helps to know that AD's not going to be in the lineup. Anthony oh, Davis fine. not in the lineup. The stare down continues.
2: But this is what we mean when we talk about this matchup, Perk.
0: Oh, absolutely. Look, fighting them for a
1: position, not backing down, but again, Look, LeBron trying to quick spin, but this is what Dylan Brooks do. Again, Memphis is missing this from Dylan Brooks. And look at this right here. The stare
0: down, (laughs) it continues. Well, I
1: had to work yesterday because I would have been at this game. (laughs) I would have went to this game yesterday. (laughs) This is
0: the kind of stuff that, you know, Garnett used to do with LeBron too, man. That's the same book. In addition to the stare down analysis, the
2: Lakers were outscored by 13 points in the first quarter. So we're going to go ahead here. Six twenty-six 26 left, the turnovers,
0: they continued. You'd have left early part because this game was done early. It was certainly done early.
2: And Dylan Brooks is loving it. He was all over LeBron James last night. The Rockets roll 128-94. Now, I mentioned the first quarter. The Lakers, they've now been outscored by 74 points in first quarters. That is the worst through eight games in NBA history. They've also been outscored by 91 second chance points, which is the worst differential through eight games in the last 25 seasons. Let's take a listen to LeBron James after the game
3: can't build cohesion if we don't have our, our, our unit. And that's simple, we just, we're just very depleted in the injury side, so.
1: You know, eight games in, and obviously again, juggling different lineups, different people, you know. We have, it seems like we have one person that's coming off an injury and then someone else going in on the active list, so we just got to juggle all that. Like, I'm, I'm not discouraged or anything because we haven't been whole all year.
2: All right, Darvin Ham making it clear they're not looking for any excuses. They're not looking for any sympathy here. But out for the Lakers, Davis, Vanderbilt, Vincent, Hayes, and Hood Shafino yesterday. Is this just a matter of health, or is there something bigger going on here, Perk?
1: You no, know, it's something bigger. And to be honest with you, I'm tired of the complaining uh, from the Lakers, and I'm also tired of the excuses. Um, when, when we talked about the, what Rob Palenka this offseason We address that, you know, the depth that he added, right? And you add depth for an 82-game season because you don't know the status of for us to help, wise. So again, when I look at the Lakers, we're not talking about a young team here. We're talking about a veteran ball club that's led by arguably the greatest player to ever play the damn game of basketball. Now, what he should be saying is, is that when guys go out of the lineup, we expect other guys to rise to the occasion and step up, like in Austin Reeves. And
0: that, you don't get down by 15 points in the first quarter. You know, so that's there we
1: okay. Go. That's the. That, this is why I miss Wendy. Go
0: ahead. What LeBron said is true. The cohesion is an issue. The injuries are an issue. Of course, they're going to struggle if they get as so many guys out. But they've played eight games, Malika, and they've been down by at least ten points in the first quarter in six of them.
2: Yeah, We're NBA history in, in, in point
0: differential in the first. Give you some more history that's not good. Oh, no. Yes. They have been outshot at the three by the number of threes and the three-point percentage in every game so far. It's never happened before in the first eight games. Mm. So they are, they are 28th in offense. They're 29, actually 30th I think now, in three-point shooting. Um, yes, they are, they are down some players, absolutely. And you, know, you go on a five-game road trip, or I guess it's four games at the start of the season, you're going to have some moments, but their execution level has really been poor. And get a defensive rebound. Get a defensive rebound and show some intensity to start the game. I think that would do a lot. The only thing I will say for the Lakers, here's the good news. Last year they started 2-10. So it could be worse.
2: Yeah, but they started 2-10, and and then they made a trade that sort of helped their offense inherently, and they built a team around defense.
0: This feels maybe a little different than that. They ranked 19th in defense so far. Now, the big thing that happened after the the trades last year, Maliki, you just referenced, they became a great defensive team. Yeah. Yes, there was some, you know, getting Russell, getting Vanderbilt helped them in various ways. They were a top-five defensive team after the trades last year. 19th right now, Perk, and if you're missing some guys, you can you can defend a little bit. So the Lakers have some health challenges, but they've also got some execution challenges.
1: Yeah, but you would think that would carry over, right? Going from how they finished last season into the postseason, going to the conference finals and then having a the training camp and like being rejuvenated, right? We, we we saw the life in LeBron, and they were talking about how excited they were to start the season. Like, no one is no one is on their team is actually playing for a contract, right? They signed back all their key guys, and Austin Reeves, they, Rui, and D'Angelo Russell. So, my thing is, again, I'm going to harp on this, Wendy Malika, that third star.
2: But they did that with a Russell
1: Westbrook, and no, it didn't no, really work no, out. No, 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 no. They need a third star. We thought it was going to be Austin Reeves. That's well, just. I mean, I'm, let's keep it real. Yeah. The run that Austin Reeves had last, the last part of the season and in the postseason, we didn't come on here. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't say he was him. He said he was him. So he has to show that he's him.
0: Austin Reeves is better than he's showing right now. Austin Reeves this summer in the World Cup was extremely impressive. I don't think he's being put in the position necessarily where he can succeed because he succeeds when he's got the ball in his hand. He's starting. With Russell and LeBron, those guys have the ball in their hand. They may need to make a lineup change mm. when they get everybody back to unlock Austin Reeves, but we'll see. That is something I think they can work, work through. Yeah. The other stuff, getting a defensive rebound, that's stuff that you know they just need to play hard. So, so there's certainly some concerns with L.A. We're going to get back to
2: them a little bit later in the show, but I do want to go to the other Los Angeles team because the Lakers, they're 0-5 on the road, but James Harden, and the Clippers also struggling a little bit on the road. Hey, heads up, Iron Eagle, this one's coming to you. Oh!
4: Uh. Unbelievable. Hard, that's coming my way. I got it. Unbelievable. I could see it from the beginning. Ed, you take over, my friend. That might have been my greatest call in NBA history. I knew it from the second it left
3: his hand.
2: Ian Eagle is just a national treasure here. All right, 8.40 left. James Harden gets it poked away. The Nets get out and transition here. A feisty Brooklyn Nets team. And one, young fella.
1: Way to run the floor.
2: The Nets bench loved that one. Nets again up by four. Spencer Dinwiddie, Brian, this is his shot. Ivica Zubac closes out.
0: Yeah, the Nets actually were missing four players in this game by the time it was over. This was a bad loss.
2: Let's take a listen to James Harden.
5: I'm just
4: trying to wiggle my way in, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like trying to figure it out. Uh,
1: right, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Um, two games, I, I'll figure it
0: out. Um, I just want to win, so
1: it doesn't matter about
0: the
1: points or you know whatever, whatever stats. I, mean, I just want to win games. Uh. Uh, As long as you can figure it out, we're all competing, we're all playing at the highest level and we're all winning games, that's all that matters.
2: First, James Harden was ramping up. Now he's trying to wiggle his way in. It's only been two games, but the Clippers, right? They obviously have plenty to figure out here. What concerns do you have?
0: So their offense was actually running really well before the trade. Not that I thought that they were headed for the championship, but the three-man unit of Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard were the best three-man unit in the NBA on offense Mm. before the trade. They make the deal, key rash. and. Look, Perk, they don't even look like there's any comfort level out there at all. Westbrook takes 18 shots. Harden takes nine. I know it's just one game in November. I'm not going to freak out about that, but like that's not moving in the right direction. They're going to have a really major retrofit here. And these first two games didn't go well. Neither the Knicks or the Nets had won at home this year, Malika until the James Harden Clippers came into town. And this was a, a one that we did not foresee coming. I thought the Clippers were getting this one.
1: So, so the Nets were mix- missing Claxton, Ben Simmons. Cam Thomas uh, Cam left Cam in the game. Cam Johnson and <laughs> Cam Thomas left in the game. And, Wendy, you know what? You brought up a point about offense. <laughs> and Malik, you know when I put these glasses on. Uh-oh. It's time for that segment. I saw something, and I see something. I'm Kendrick Perkins, better known as Big Perk. And nothing gets past me. Freeze! Just when you thought it did get past me, there I am. I spy a problem. I spy it all. Carry the hell on. Yep, one of my favorite segments, because I get to point out what I see in the game. And I have spied a problem. And look, I told Malika this a week ago. I'm gonna pray for Ty Lu. You know why? Because the first five games of the Clippers season, they were fourth in the NBA. 117.4 in offensive efficiency this season. Then you know what happened after that? Guess what? They made a move for James Harden. Now they're last in the NBA in the last two games for his offensive efficiency in this season. So I got a couple of clips right here. I want to show you what I saw last night. So look, freeze for a second. Okay, look at the spacing. Look at the spacing. You have Zubak, Kawhi, Paul George. He draws three. Kawhi Leonard is over here doing jumping jacks, doesn't receive a pass that is bad offense. Is something that Ty Lue is gonna have to figure out. Okay, right here. Kawhi is calling for the ball in the corner. James Harden do what he does best, throwing a lazy pass. Kawhi is open again at the top of the key. Kawhi is the opportunity. James Harden tries to show the world that he still got his Houston Rocket bag. And guess what? A miss a miss, uh, shot attempt. You look off the best player on the team. This is a problem. They're gonna have to solve it. Otherwise, it's going to be a disaster. I already believe it's going to be a disaster in the making, but unless T. Lou find a way to get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George the ball and get the others to sacrifice, I don't know what to tell you.
2: Clippers still looking for that first road win perk. I always love when you spy something. Still to come on NBA today. I think we can all agree though, the Nuggets, right? The best team in the West. But who's right behind them? The Wolves. They look pretty, pretty, pretty good. Perk reference. Plus. A team that is getting healthier could be in the conversation now that Bradley Beal is back in the court. Does his return make the Suns the real deal? We discussed. And we also had an early look at a potential Eastern Conference Finals matchup. Are the Sixers proving to the world that they should be in championship talks already? NBA Today will be right
0: back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team.
3: visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. To the veterans and the troops,
6: thank you for everything that you do. Um, Y'all don't get enough credit, but uh, I'm I'm so very grateful. We wouldn't be able to be who we are and uh, be in this country without y'all. I'm forever grateful. Thank you so very much.
2: Welcome back to NBA Today. It's time to go coast to coast. This one's a Western Conference edition. We're gonna start in Denver where the past two champs, they squared off. The Nuggets, they defeated the Warriors. This is a great game, 108-105, behind 35 points, 13 rebounds, and a cool five assists from Nikola Jokic. The Nuggets have improved to 8-1. That is tied for their best start through nine games in franchise history. So, Brian. Nuggets, the clear-cut favorite in your eyes? Well,
0: we They've played nine games. How many times has Nikola Jokic gone for 20 and 10? The answer is nine. <laughs> yes, clear-cut favorites.
2: Nine times. And it's so pedestrian at this point. It's like, yeah, of course. Of course Nikola Jokic is doing Jokic. Not averaging.
0: Every game. Ins- every game.
2: Sanity. All right, let's move on to Dallas. The Mavs, they were defeated by the Raptors, 127-116. Scotty Barnes, he's been looking good lately. The first player in Raptors history to average 20 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, through the first eight games of the season. Luca had 30 in the loss, but Perk, the Mavs, they still sit at second in the West. Do you think, come playoff time, they'll have home court advantage?
1: Absolutely not. I mean, I think they will make the postseason, but they won't have home court advantage. They'll drop off, but Luca is so great, that he will have them into the postseason.
2: Kyrie Irving said that Jason Kidd called the team soft yesterday. Good. and That really stuck with them. All right, the Timberwolves Ooh. have proved a 5-0 at home for the first time in franchise history after defeating the Pelicans 122-101. The Wolves have won four straight. Three of those have been by 20-plus points, and that was just soft on the side. Brian, the
0: Wolves, are they legit? They have a wins over both the Nuggets and the Celtics. Their number one defense in the league right now. And Ant is box office.
2: Must-see TV, this young man, every single night. Anthony Edwards flying high, and the joy that he exudes, also so much fun to watch. All right, fellows, one more for you. Bradley Beal made his Suns debut, scoring 13 points in 24 minutes. KD had 25 as well. Phoenix won the game in overtime, 116-115, thanks to Yusuf Nurkic, a game-winning layup here. Still no book in this one, but Perk, how dangerous can the Suns team be when they're fully healthy, you think?
1: So dangerous that they actually can win the Western Conference, but can we actually see them healthy? I think nurk is just finally starting to find himself. He had a monster night last night. Bill, first time touching the floor. They'll be fine once they get healthy, though.
2: Sounds like Book could be coming back around the corner here. Here's a look at how the West standings are shaking out, though with the seeds two through eight separated by just two games, as you can see on your screen here. So I think we all agree, right? The Nuggets are picking up right where they left off from last season. They're the favorites. But, Brian, starting with you, the second-best team in the West of two.
0: I'm I'm sticking with the Suns, which is what I said at the start of the season. Obviously, there's some teams with some upward mobility. I think when the Suns are together, if they're healthy, that offensive firepower and their depth will develop, that they have a chance to do it. Now, last night – they were so lucky, Perk, to get out of this game with. The oh game. yeah,
2: that Demar DeRozan. I, I was like, "It's going in!"
0: Yeah, what? I mean, they only made two baskets in the last like eight minutes of this game, including overtime. Now they made some free throws, and somehow Nurkic got that ball up there in that last ten seconds to get that last basket. But Deal looked a little bit creaky, but I still believe that this team's high end has got them as the biggest challenger to the Nuggets.
1: Well, guess what? On NBA today, I don't have to live in the past and I don't have to look living in the future. I'm living in the now. Okay. The Timberwolves are standing on business right now, led by Anthony Edwards. So if you asking me today who is the second best team behind the Nuggets, I'm going with the Minnesota Timberwolves. When I'm looking at what the kid McDaniels is bringing on both sides of the floor, Anthony Edwards is going to make – he's an all-NBA player this season. I believe that. And he's going to finish in the top as far as MVP vote.
2: He has 195 look, Ru- points this season, the most by a Timberwolves player through the team's first seven games of a season in franchise.
1: And, and, and Rudy Gobert. People can say what they want. He's been balling out, anchoring that defense, finishing around the basket, grabbing rebounds. And look, Nas Reed. Nas Reed, when he comes in off that bench, the spark, the offensive, the offensive explosion that he brings, the rebounding, the tenacity—I'm I, I, telling I'm you, I'm rocking, these, I'm rocking with these. I'm rocking with these Timberwolves.
0: One more, Mike Conley. Well, go, keep going. Thirty assists, one turnover so far this season, Malika. Ooh. Thirty to one—that's like Kyrie's
2: maxi numbers.
0: <laughs> Chris Paul—he's like—he's like, oh man, I'm pretty good, but I'm not thirty to one.
2: Right. Well, we get to see those two teams face off next week. Uh, Still to come on NBA Today, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, speaking of, continued their early season tear by beating the Celtics. Have they proved enough to be legitimate championship contenders this season? We discuss. And it was Dame time in Milwaukee once again last night. How we got it done late in the fourth quarter without Giannis Attentacumpo, plus an unbelievable stat that i'm not so sure Bucks fans are going to be happy about. Also, Victor Wembanyama, he struggled in his Madison Square Garden debut. Austin Rivers is here talking about what he can do to look to build off of that game. You're watching NBA today.
3: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jet's Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
1: You're watching NBA Today.
2: All right, the two best teams in the East, they faced off last night, Boston and Philadelphia. The Sixers coming in on a five-game winning streak to this one. Let's take a look at how it went down. Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, you've been singing their praises, Perk.
1: Oh, look at the spin move. Disrespectful by the Boston Celtics. Put Drew Holiday on him. Mouse in the house, take
0: that. Yeah, but you know what, it kind of worked
2: spins, throws it down. This is later in the first it's quarter on here. Embiid going to work once again. <laughs> <laughs> the Sixers have just been clicking in this one.
1: Monster on the boards. I- I'm telling you, Joel Embiid is playing like he got something to prove. Uh, give me that.
2: Tyrese Maxey, there have been questions about who would fill the shoes of James Harden once he was departed? Well, well, it has J- been Tyrese. Well,
1: I'll tell you what, James Harden ain't blocking shots like that. And James Harden ain't bringing that type of motive.
2: What a way to end the first half. Tyrese is tried trying to run up the floor. He's like, folks, get out of my way. I'm trying to take a victory lap. But in the fourth quarter, this game got good, Brian.
0: Absolutely. This, this game really came down to a few different possessions. That was what they needed from Embiid last time. They played there in game six last year, but they'll get another chance at it. Backs down, Jason Tatum <laughs> elevates and gets that one to go. Embiid had 27
2: points, 10 rebounds in this one, but still a three-point game. Kristaps Porzingis, he, he's at the hot
1: hand. Look, he was leaning into look. that
2: one, just a little bit short. The Sixers hang on to win 106-103. Here's Joel Embiid after the game.
1: I think is you know a lot of credit to the culture that we have. Um, you know, I, um, no one has a ego on this team. Um, you know. We, we got new guys, you know, we took them in, um, you know, we got them up to speed. Um, and, um, you know, I think guys, um, the fact that guys want to, you know, play with each other and, you know, they like being around each other, I think it helps a lot too.
2: So, Embiid and Tyrese Maxey are now the second pair of teammates in NBA history to average 25 points, five rebounds, and five assists through seven games in a season, joining Steph Curry and Kevin Durant in 2018-19. So, we talked about this a little bit in the highlight, but there were some big question marks about this team, what they would do in the absence of James Harden, right? What did they prove to you last night? Did they prove that they're contenders, Brian?
0: Well, it's still early to make that declaration, but as the kids say, the vibes are immaculate. Did you hear what... (laughs) What he was saying there, like, everybody likes each other. Yeah, the culture is there. Might be a little coded language there. He might be talking about somebody without actually talking about it. Was it was shots fired. Look, here's what I'm going to say. Joel is happy. I don't know. If people were all worried what was going to happen with Harden, Joel is happy. Yeah. Maxie's playing good. Nick Nurse has everybody feeling good in their role. They've got depth. Perk. They've got trade assets later on. They're feeling good. Nobody th- would have predicted this a month ago when they were out in Colorado and nobody knew whether Harden was going to show up or going to play. Look where they are now. Yeah, they'll have some more adversity. Yeah, they may have to tweak this roster a little bit, but they are exactly where they could, where they would uh, want to be.
1: With with a hell of a coach. Tobias Harris is averaging 19 points.
0: He has a new lease on life. Yes,
1: shooting 60% from the field. Pat Beverly playing good off the bench. Absolutely, being the leader. But here's the thing. We could talk and we could hype up and we could harp and give praises to Embiid and Maxie about their offense, and rightfully so. But it's the defense for me, both of them. Embiid had four blocks last night, but Tyrese Maxie, The things he does on the defensive end. Right here. Look, go and get this. Drew Holiday not giving up on the play, the high motor, the speed. Right here. Okay, Jalen Brown, you want to try to bully me? I'm taking all that contact, getting the uh, offensive foul call, verticality, right? On Derek White. Two, two handed block shots. So, I mean, like, this is what this young fella brings to the table, and you can just feel it. But kudos to Nick Nurse because even yesterday, when we saw Sinead bringing up, uh, she was breaking down her cheat sheet. Mm-hmm. And when Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey are running that high pick and roll, it's starting at half court. You know why? Because when Tyrese Maxey is coming downhill with that speed, you know, it's just hard to stop for any big in the league. So kudos to Nick Nurse to keeping the locker room a sanctuary, keeping the chemistry together, and making sure that his big fella is happy right now because he's damn sure playing like Six
2: in a row for the 76ers. I do want to check out another Eastern Conference contender, though, the Bucks. They hosted the Pistons last night. And... It went a little bit haywire here in the third quarter. Watch Giannis. So he's driving on Isaiah Stewart, throws it down, gives him, is it the too small and the stare down, or is that him asking why? So this was his second technical foul.
0: He said, get out.
2: (laughs) And he said, you're gone. Well, Giannis wasn't thrilled about this. Had a little discussion with the refs. He actually sat down courtside before he exited the game. Here's how it looked to the fan sitting next to him
1: to the I'm locker room. That.
2: His fifth
1: career suspension. Stop the highlight. Stop. But stop. Stop. You know, that that was embarrassing, okay, first off. But, you know, i I got a word of the day, Malika.
2: It was embarrassing but, that, that they, he was issued the tech or that he, the display?
1: It was embarrassing that he was issued issued the tech. Yeah, I agree. And so, you know, I, I was trying to figure out a word of the day, you know what I mean, and come up with something, but I couldn't really say what I wanted to say on national TV. So, okay. Yeah, I'm so doing don't. the emoji, <laughs> emoji oh. of the day. That's the emoji <laughs> oh, that's of the day. that's a real hot one, Yeah, too. No, it's it really is. Angry. It is, because that's how I feel. Because there's nowhere in hell that... A superstar. we will talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Really, superstar is an understatement. He's a mega star. And this is the passion, right, that you want to see guys playing with. He just threw down a thunderous dunk on somebody. Like, paying, fans are paying their hard-earned money to come see Giannis Antetokounmpo play and do those type of things. Like, as a ref, you cannot do that. Let me tell y'all something. I played with so many Hall of Famers. I played, you know, I, if you can only imagine with KG and Shaq and Paul, those guys, then said to referees and not get kicked out of the game mm. and not get, pick up a technical foul, yeah. And for Giannis to get kicked out because of this.
2: By the letter of the law, it is taunting, but I, I don't mind a little bit of taunting. I think that's what makes the game fun. I appreciate that quick word or quick emoji. Those emojis. Uh, the, the vibes are immaculate, as Brian Windhorst would say. Back to the <laughs> highlight here, though, because it was Dame time down the stretch.
0: There's no such thing. There's no such the thing as having too many star players, and what you got right here, Malika, is superstar redundancy, and that's what they had. Dame with, I believe, 18 fourth quarter points. That's
2: correct. Damian Lillard went to work, put the Bucks on his back when they needed him most. This is what they brought him in for, to be that closer. Obviously, we saw Chris Middleton step into that role the other night, but it's kind of nice to see that Dame can do it too. Yeah,
0: look, they have some issues, especially defensively, but for them to win this game, by the way, the Pistons did some stuff in this game. Cade Cunningham, Marcus Sasser were awesome. But to win this game with no Chris Middleton, with Giannis getting ejected three minutes in the second half, that was Dame doing Dame stuff. Yeah,
2: to your point, he outscored the Pistons by himself, right, over the final nine and a half minutes of the game. This stretch started with Milwaukee trailing by eight before coming back to win the game ultimately. So I want to get a little bit of a different perspective on this game. Let's get Aaron's angle. We have our ESPN betting analyst, Aaron Dolan, joining the show now. Aaron, the bucks they improved to 5-2, and two, and that looks good on the surface, right? But what caught your attention with this team? Well, from a betting perspective, Malika, they have yet to cover the spread this season. They're 0-6 and 1 against the spread, so bettors are not too happy about that. But for tonight's matchup, something I want to note is the fact that they opened as a four-point favorite. It's all the way down to minus two and a half. And on top of that, you see a high total, 241 and a half. So maybe you look at some player props, specifically the overs. But again, going back to the fact that they have not covered. I mean, it's the first time since the 2014 and 15 season that we've been seeing this. And on top of that, if you look at the last 20 season seven teams have started out 0 and 7 at least 0 and 7 against the spread to start the season and none of them made the conference finals now okay. that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen for the Bucks, right. but something to think about but that's what history is telling us Aaron thank you so very much all right still to come on NBA today is it time for alarm bells in Los Angeles the Clippers the Lakers they have both lost three straight they have zero wins on the road is there any hope in sight we're going to answer that next
1: Welcome back to NBA Today.
2: Ah, the Lakers. They fell to 3-5 and five after a blowout loss to the Rockets on Wednesday. They are winless on the road. Now, Anthony Davis, he did not play in that game because of spasms in his left hip. But our Dave McMenamin reported that the Lakers are hopeful that Davis is going to play in the final game of their road trip on Friday. So now we welcome in the aforementioned Dave McMenamin. Dave, you were on the road with the Lakers for this entire trip as the losses continued to pile on. What did you notice?
6: Like I looked around the locker room uh, on the road in Houston, and you see LeBron at his locker, you see Anthony Davis at his locker in, in street clothes, and then you see a bunch of G League players. Mm. The Lakers are so depleted right now; they have all of their two-way player uh, contracts with them on this trip, and they haven't necessarily used them. But they're missing four out of their top. Eight or nine guys in their rotation. And when you are that far depleted, you need warm bodies just in case you get into foul trouble, et cetera, et cetera, to put guys like that in. And when the Lakers have been closer to a hole, they haven't looked all that great either. I mean, in fact, in some areas, they've been historically bad.
2: Historically bad. Yeah, no disrespect to Alex Fudge, right? But this is a Lakers team that's trying to go back to the Western Conference finals, if not further. But you said historically bad. How so?
6: Well, start with the first quarters, Uh, through eight games, they've been outscored by 74 points in the first quarter. That's basically spotting every opponent 10 points to start the game and then having to claw their way back. That's the worst in NBA history through eight games. And then what was something we talked about all summer long? The Lakers trying to address three-point shooting because Mm -hmm. we know that LeBron James thrives with shooters around him. Well, also through eight games, Every single one of those eight games, their opponent has made more threes than the Lakers have, and their opponent has shot a better percentage from the three point line than the Lakers has. That's never happened before either in NBA history. So they are really uh, just looking bad in all sorts of ways beyond injuries right now.
2: Those are all the ways that they do not want to be standing out. We'll see if they can correct it on Friday against the Suns. Dave McMenamin, thank you for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. So the Lakers and Clippers, they're both winless outside of LA this season, combined 0 for 9 road record. That makes them two of the five winless teams in the NBA thus far this season. As we say hello to our new teammate, Austin Rivers, our new NBA analyst here at ESPN. And Austin, you you know a thing or two about Los Angeles. Is there a team that you're more concerned about between the Lakers and the Clippers?
5: Malika, it it has to be uh, the Los Angeles Clippers right now. For me, when you look at them as a whole, it's hard to see how they can be functional going forward, especially deep into the playoffs. They have four superstars and four guys who are used to being the man on their team. Who's going to be the space the spacer? Who's going to be the hustle guy? Who's going to be the guy that rebounds? Who's going to be the guy that you know boxes out and takes essentially a back seat? And it can't just be one of them. It has to be multiple guys. You, you watched that game last night, and I'm not even talking about the turnovers because it's going to be a little bit sloppy in the beginning. They don't have camaraderie. They don't have chemistry. They've only played two games, uh, both of which are in New York, which is a place filled with distractions anyway, so there's a lot going on. But just in terms of long term, how does this team become a team? You know, and, and, and It just seems like right now, in terms of spacing, I, I, I do have concerns, especially going forward and making a run into the playoffs. They're going to have to have guys step up and take a back seat and, and, and honestly just not be who they were their whole career. Right. It's, it's, it's going to be a big change.
2: Right, because when you say who's the guy, that point is well-received despite playing five less minutes than James Harden. Russell Westbrook took twice as many shots. He also took more shots than Kawhi Leonard. Is that what's sustainable for this team? I don't know. Austin Rivers, please do not go too far. We need you a little bit later in the show. But, Perk, I ask you the same question. Is there someone you're more concerned about?
1: I agree with Austin. I mean, just because – Before the Clippers got James Harden, they were already a championship contender type team. Like, they already checked all the boxes. And so when I think about them right now, again, I'm going back to their personnel just don't look great. Right, they got too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Meaning, you have James Harden who need the ball in his hands. You have Russell Westbrook; he need the ball in his hands. You have Bones Hollins. You have Man. Like all of those guys need the ball in their hands. But when you had a guy like Nicholas Batum, a guy that does the dirty work, a guy that can rebound, a guy that can uh, go at multiple positions, a guy that's gonna stand in the corner and play his role and knock down corner threes. Now all of a sudden, you 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 ask Basically, four future Hall of Famers to take a lesser role. And and the reason that James, like, is in the position that he's in right now, the man averaged 20 and 10 last season. Right. And that wasn't good enough for him. So how do we expect him to take a lesser role now? You don't think time will help with that? No. It hasn't helped over the last couple of years. Fair enough. Fair enough. Brian? A stripes on a zebra never change.
0: Right. He's also got to worry about his contract. He wants to play well to get his contract. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, reason I'm worried about the Lakers is because they came into this season with a plan. And they sort of announced their plan. And it didn't sound bad, but it hasn't really been working out. Mm. You know, uh, when you look at what Darvin Ham talked about right out of the gates this season, He was like, we're going to get our minutes down because we're going to be so much deeper. Well, AD's been leading the league in minutes. And LeBron James, until he sat out the last part of the game yesterday to bring his average down, LeBron was averaging more minutes than he was last year. I know some of that has to do with injuries, but it's still not a good sign. The other thing is they wanted to play with sides. That's why they went out and signed Christian Wood. They went out and signed Jackson Hayes. They haven't been able to do that. Vanderbilt's been hurt, those other guys have been hurt. They're getting crushed on the boards, Malika. Especially, they're getting absolutely destroyed on the offensive boards. And then, the way they wanted to play, that five-out scheme, putting Anthony Davis on the outside, that's the way they played a lot when they won the championship a couple years ago. Remember what Darvin Ham said about Anthony Davis wanting to take five, six, seven threes? You know how many he's averaging? One. He's averaging one three-point attempt per game less than he did last year, mm. and their overall three-point shooting, which that's supposed to space out the five out, right. they're dead last. So, look, we're eight games in. We have 10% of the season. It's not the end of the world. But their plans have all been falling short. So they need to go back to the drawing board, not just get healthy. They may need to reevaluate how they want to you know, have a night-on-night game plan. Right, because they've already sort of diverged
2: from where they said they wanted to start the season. We talked about how much yeah. depth this team has, not to mention that coming into the year. That depth has been tested early, and it just hasn't come to fruition We're not even 10 games in yet, so we're not pressing any panic buttons, but we'll see. The inaugural NBA in-season tournament, it rolls on tomorrow night. Another group stage doubleheader here. The Nets taking on the Celtics at 7.30 Eastern, and then KD and the Suns host the Lakers. Coverage begins with NBA countdown at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. Oh, we got action. We got action. And so did Victor Wembanyama. We're going to take a trip to Madison Square Garden. We're going to show you the highlights, but we're also going to examine what Wemby needs to fix to become elite in the NBA.
0: With the first pick, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama.
1: I was born to do things differently. I know I got a lot to show. I'm just freestyling.
2: <laughs> Victor Wembanyama, he has been great his first two weeks in the NBA. But then he had a little bit of a rough night in Madison Square Garden in his debut in the world's most famous arena. So here's Victor, his first trip during shoot-around. He was talking about how he wasn't intimidated by the size of MSG. Getting off some quick threes there. Couldn't get him to fall in the first half. It was he was 0 for 5. This is the first time he hasn't made a field goal in a half in his career thus far. Meanwhile, the Knicks, they are rolling. Jalen Brunson, the three,
0: you bet. Look Branson at the again. ball movement. Beautiful. Remember your Beautiful. first game at MSG Park, those lights are bright. Yeah. They were
2: bright for Victor Wembanyama. We're gonna pick this one up <laughs> in the third quarter again now. Wembanyama. Gets it, sizing up Isaiah Hartenstein, elevates, finally gets one to go, Brian.
0: Yeah, he looked uncomfortable in this. He may not admit that, but he looked a little bit out of his element in the first half of this game.
2: He's been that way, though. He's been finding his stride later in games, you can see there, but this one was just elevated even more.
0: Yeah, that happened a little bit in France last year. He'd wait till the fourth quarter, but Jalen uh, Brunson doesn't wait. Jalen till- Brunson did
2: not wait. He finished with a game-high 25 points. The Knicks, they beat the Spurs 126-105 to improve to 4-4 four and four in Victor's Madison Square Garden debut. He finishes with 14 points. Here's Greg Popovich. You see
0: this is a,
3: a growing experience for Victor. I mean, you're coming to play. Well,
5: of course it is. He's a 19-year-old rookie who's... Just learning about the NBA. Of course, it's a learning experience.
3: We're, we're learning, and I mean, we, have, as a young team, and any team really, we're gonna go through losing streaks someday during the season, through tough times, and it's it's gonna happen. But the the, the most important is how we bounce back.
2: Welcome back, Austin Rivers. And Austin Victor, he's had high expectations every single night he steps on the floor. Obviously, he's only eight games into his career, and off nights, they are inevitable. I actually think it speaks to how highly we think of Victor that we expect so much from him. But what do you think is the big, biggest reason for the off night that he had?
5: For me, it's just the way he started the game. You know, his first shot, 20 seconds into the game, he launches a three, running right into it. Victor has to understand where his spots are on the floor, how he can get himself going. His best game so far is when he's worked inside out. Last night, he comes right out the gate launching a three. His second shot, a fadeaway air ball. His third shot, another three. He has to realize that he is the tallest, most, uh, the longest player on the floor every night he goes out there, Mm. and when he uses his size and uses that to dominate the game and get a feel for the game, especially his free throws, he made all of which, by the way, that's what gets him a rhythm, and these are the things that he's going to learn. Like he said, he's 19, it's a lot. He was doing a lot in New York while he was there, and uh, he'll get more and more comfortable as the season goes on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Austin, thank you. We're going to see you out here in Los Angeles next week as Victor looks to bounce back here. I want to bring it back to the panel. Brian, I do want to get your thoughts here on Victor's uh, Victor's night last night. You've covered him as closely as anybody.
0: Yeah, you know, here's the thing. He really wants to be a three-point shooter, and I do think he can develop into a three-point shooter. He's shooting 29% on threes. He was 0-4 last night. Um, this is what happened last year, Perk. He sometimes in the French League would settle for the three-pointer. and He was a 30% shooter in the French League last year. What he was able to do so well was get to the line in the French League. Now, he's open that much for a reason because the scouting report is already coming out. Go ahead and let him take those threes. Don't let those teams off the hook. Put the ball on the floor. Make them put you on the line.
1: You know what? When I think about Victor and last night, it was the physicality for the Knicks, right? So you do need to take a page out of Giannis' book. And we know how Giannis came into the league, put on, what, over 50 pounds of muscle. I think when it comes down to Victor, his thing is is that he need to, one, be a big man that has guard skills, right, and he has that. But play inside first, and the only way he's going to be able to do that is to continue to punish the weight room, continue to work on his body, and he's going to be fine. We already know what his ceiling is. He don't really have a ceiling, but that's my advice to him.
4: Yeah, it's a, little, watch bit
1: of a
2: little bit of a rough week. 3 of 12 on Monday against Indiana, 4 of 14 on Wednesday against the Knicks, and now he needs to look to bounce back. Perk, I hear you got a new segment. Do I? Yeah.
1: Who that's stood on business? Need more segments. <laughs> he needs more segments. We're
2: going to tell you about Perk's new segment in 60 seconds.
1: when I walked in here today? you Remember what I told you what our MO is today? We standing on business. Standing on business. I need you to stand on business. We still standing on business. I need you to stand on business. Hey, Adam Silver, you standing on business. The message tonight is the 76ers, and damn it, they gotta stand on business. Richie, you are not a part of this, cause damn it, I'm standing on business even more. <laughs> ahead, Malika.
2: Uh, Nine (laughs) times we've counted that you proclaimed, you channeled your inner Drewski, and you stood on business yesterday. So we thought there were so many teams that were standing on business yesterday. Who
1: stood out to you? Oh, Jokic and the Nuggets, they stood on business. There's another one. And they've been standing (laughs) on business all season long. When you think about them at home, right? Think about the Nuggets at home right now, undefeated, Yoke is just playing outstanding MVP-level basketball. Matter of fact, he's the best player in the world. No Jamal Murray, no problem. The depth. Reggie Jackson filled in. He come in. He played phenomenal last night. The Nuggets stood on business against Steph Curry and the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. Standing
0: on business. Wow. Well, my team that stood on business <laughs> was the Oklahoma City Thunder, who – Gave it to the Cleveland Cavs.
3: Can I just
2: say, I've heard Brian today say a honey bun, stand on business, right. and
0: no. <laughs> stick around. for the culture. The stick around. Yeah, immaculate yeah, uh, vibes there in, uh, in Oklahoma State. How about Shea Gildas-Alexander? By the way, special shout out to Chet Holmgren, <laughs> who he's only going 50-50-90 on his shooting splits this year. But this was all about Shay, Malika, standing on business, Perk. <laughs> yeah. Standing on business. Look at these two guys. Shea had lost 40-something count. last night. Holmgren off to a great start. Look at that, 17-8, three assists, three blocks. He's having a great year. We're looking at Victor for a reason. I get it, we should, we should give him the attention. How about Chet Holmgren?
2: Shea averaging 34 in wins this season. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, well, what about what about the 76ers? I think that was the, the game of the night. Two Eastern Conference mm-hmm. Titans going head-to-head, Jason Tatum and the Celtics. The 76ers. We called this a litmus test game over and over again to see, okay, can they prove it? Can they prove they belong? They lost the Milwaukee Bucks early with the James Harden cloud still hanging over their head. Then they played some beat-up teams, some maybe teams that we don't expect to be the caliber of team they're going to need to beat to get to where they want to go.
1: What What did they? And what you just did on that stage? All I'm saying is the 76ers, they stood on business. business. That's
2: going to do it for our show.
4: The motto of the day. We'll see you tomorrow. Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.